Anyway, so uh, I was just saying how, how much I've seen same verses, passages we're going to share. Hopefully, it will be from a different angle and uh, uh, different things that the Lord can speak to you. And uh, may the Lord really use this time. Um, in fact, uh, the verse that we uh, has as our theme passage, walking in the Spirit, uh, there's uh, uh, some other versions that have a different, slightly different, which is the preposition, walk by the Spirit. And so similarly says, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So I like to keep that, you know, uh, along with our theme verse of walking in the Spirit, because uh, in the original Greek, uh, that word um, means in the power of, okay? So uh, in that sense, then by the Spirit can give a better or different connotation depending how you, uh, you know, um, read that verse. So therefore, uh, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So... Uh, well, I guess the question always comes down to, is this possible, walking by the Spirit? And if so, how? It, it seems to be very challenging, and it is in some ways. Uh, it is uh, particularly difficult for younger believers um, because you think about having fun, experiencing the world. You have a future ahead. There's just so much you, know, you like to be able to still um, experience. And you also have friends. You know, many of friends uh, at school are not believers, and then you just uh, know that it's going to be a little difficult for you to be accepted. Um, you don't want to appear odd, appear foolish. Um, so it, it's always something that you have to be grappling with. And it's also maybe difficult because uh, you want to give up. You don't want to give up things. Many things to hold dear to you, and you just somehow you do know that there could be a conflict. If you want to have it, and it is not what the Lord ha wants you to have, now how, how could all of those things be resolved? And uh, finally, you do not know what it means, and it does seem difficult. So I, I grant you, you know, all of those things are very natural, you know, walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. But I hope that uh, today, you know, we, this afternoon, we can allay some of those fears, uh, some of those reservations. Uh, I just like to present that, you know, walking by the Spirit is not do's and don'ts. Um, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, many of our minds. Um, what I can, what cannot do. And as we will see at the end, as we uh, talk, consider this topic, is that it is really life and peace matter. And it's something when, you know, we really experience we would not want otherwise. Hopefully, the Lord will show you that, and hopefully, and this is our choice of living and walking by the Spirit. It has been also shared by both our brothers Dana and also our brother Lucio. Um, the Word of God is such an important part of our experiencing uh, walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit, for sure, has to be experienced. I mean, you can talk all about it, but if it's not experienced, it doesn't carry very far. So the Word of God, the objective part of it, is such a foundation, uh, solid rock, um, some uh, truth that you need to, to be able to stand on. So I, I like to then spend also some time to, to share on, to meditate on 
some passages, some verses, many of which both our brothers already shared. But I do believe that unless our foundation is clear, unless we, the Lord has made a clear you know, impact in our mind, our hearts, what is the meaning? Why is this so important? What does the Word of God say about walking in the Spirit, by the Spirit? Then our experience then, uh, the subjective part, will follow through. Okay, so I hope you don't mind that we you know, have some review and talk again about uh, the Word of God because it is so true. Unless that word, you know, is so clear, you know, later on we don't have a strong position to fall back on. And one of the things which we has been shared already uh, has to do with, you know, the three parts of, of man. Uh, we have body, soul, and spirit. Um, you don't have to turn there, but in First Thessalonians 5:23, it's it's listed: body, soul, and spirit. So, um, in this world, we all know about the body part. We all know about the soul part. Unfortunately for most Christians, many Christians, even the spirit and soul is very much, very much mixed up. They, the two of them seem to be the same, and then you go and find, therefore, many Christians living lives that you cannot tell the difference between being a Christian and not being a Christian. Why? Because they're living by their soul. So, so having this clear uh, division, knowing that God, for those who have been born again, we who are the children of God, you know, we do certainly have something else that no one has, which is the spirit. And then I can tell you why our spirit, you know, those who have been born again, is different. Number one, you know, what is the function of our spirit? As, as our brother um, uh, already shared this morning when Adam sinned when he fell and he took the forbidden fruit from that moment on he was cut off from communion from fellowshipping with God from that on his spirit was dead as far as being able to communicate having the communion with God so therefore the most important function of the spirit from there on was that. So, so now we who are born again, we are now being brought back to God, and now we have that way of com- having fellowship and be able to communicate with God. So therefore, you know, our spirit now, being Christian, is the most important component of our lives. So it's not only just the communion, having fellowship, which is why God made us, even as, as we pointed out before, there's also two other elements, the functions of our spirit that uh, you probably know, you're probably aware we, if you're born again. One is the intuition, and the other one is conscience. Okay, I, I think it's good to have some of this so, so you, you're clear where our spirit is functioning as opposed to where our soul is, is functioning. So once you know the difference between soul and spirit, I think that will also help in your, in my experience of walking in the Spirit. So, intuition, for those who have been born again, you know, you, you probably has experienced that. I think everyone who has been born again has experienced that. Sometimes you have some sense deep within. It's just telling you something. You just have a sense that you should be doing this or should be doing that or something that you... It's, it's not like, you know, pressing on, on you. 
but just an intuition, that soft voice telling you, maybe this is something that I should be doing. Maybe this is something which would not be good, you know. So if you start listening more and more, that intuition is going to be then being made clear. And, uh, and I'll tell you how later. And of course we have conscience. That's the other part of the spirit. Conscience, we know that. Actually, not only those who know the Lord, those who are born again, even those who do not know the Lord still have uh, the element, that uh, uh, recognition deep within the right and wrong. We have a, uh, a district attorney in our midst here, and uh, I do not want to uh, uh, say things which might, might not be actually correct, but you know, even when you commit a crime, people do not tell you ahead of time. You commit a crime, therefore this is the consequence. When a person commits a crime, he, he gets judged, he can say all he wants, that he's innocent, he did not know, play all he wants, being you know, totally ignorant, he's still going to go to jail. If he kills a person, if he did some other actions that they say intentionally at, le at least. So if you did something intentionally, that means that somewhere in your heart, you have crossed the line in your conscience. So everyone has a conscience to tell you what's right, what is wrong, what's crime, what is not a crime. So, you know, we, we are not totally ignorant, okay, totally innocent. We are, have consequences to our actions, and our conscience is there to tell us that. Okay, so, so this is something which both Christians and non-Christians, we all have, which is our conscience telling us. This is a faculty of our spirit, okay? So, so knowing that the communion, intuition, and conscience, because we want to walk by the spirit, is something that you need to pay attention to. So the other thing, of course, is our soul. Uh, what does our soul do? Of course, our soul is our self-consciousness. Our emotions, our mind, our feelings, you know, everything that has to deal with our self-consciousness. So our soul is there to give us all that self-consciousness. And finally, body. Body is sort of easy, the five different senses. Our sight, hearing, taste, smell, touch, you know, that, you know, and then our brother Dana was mentioning how after the fall of nature of, of, of Adam, even that which was physical, which was right, became perverted, and that you see all things happening, even in, in the physical, in the soulish realm, everything affecting our soul, our body, and, and, and it's just there's no, no self-control. So, so you see that those who are guided by the Spirit then, we have a different kind of a, a set of, a, of a consciousness. So again, it's our spirit, soul, and body. God has made us that way, especially now that we want to walk by the Spirit. We need to be more conscious then of our spirit and be able to differentiate between the spirit and the body, as I said. Again, I want to reveal something which already has been spoken by both our brothers because uh, when we read those passages regarding walking by the spirit, it's all associated by, with not walking by the flesh. So there's a huge war going on, as our brothers already mentioned. The opposite of walking by the Spirit is walking by the flesh. So if you do not know what walking by the Spirit means, you may know more about walking by flesh. So then, it's also good to have some review and also some more understanding then 
what is flesh? It has already been said a number of different times. I hope, you know, the repetition is not going to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's there, it's going to reinforce. Uh, but uh, in, in verse 16, 17, you have to read of, of uh, Galatians 5, uh, it does mention that if you walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets desire against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. So we have the warfare that was going on. But these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you or your flesh pleases. So then there is this verse that has been used by many, and then we also have the other aspect of uh, uh, Galatians 5, which is the fruit of the Spirit, which has to do with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now these are all things which in our spirit, you know, we would be walking according to, uh, rather than according to our flesh. So then we see then the, the war going on, one against the other, the flesh against the spirit. So these are the opposite sides of the coin. So if you want to be able to walk in the spirit, then we have to not walk according to flesh, which is what we've been talking about. So again, you know, just again to, to uh, uh, as a review, so now then, the question is, how are we delivered from walking uh, in our flesh, according to our flesh? How are we delivered? Knowing what flesh is, and knowing that's our human fallen nature, doing what we want, what pleases us, not doing what God wants, according to the Spirit. So what is it, how you know, are we uh, going to be delivered from the flesh? I, we do not have a textbook, um, but uh, we do have a number of verses and experience. I'd like to suge suggest three different steps uh, in our being delivered from our flesh. One is to realize that our flesh is fallen, corrupt. And I'll read a verse for you. It's in Romans 7:18, which has been mentioned before. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. This is Paul. Okay, one who really gone on to the Lord. He knew so well uh, how to differentiate between soul and spirit. He says, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. What does that mean? That means in our flesh, in our fallen nature, in what in ourselves, there's absolutely nothing good. I think this is something that we need to realize. Sometimes we think that there's a good flesh, okay? Uh, I'm a very capable person. I'm very smart. I am able to do all things very well, better than anybody else. Therefore, I'm going to do with my own strength. I'm going to do with my own uh, power, and I'm going to contribute. I'm going to serve the Lord. Guess what? God is not going to accept that. So there's no good flesh. I hope that you see that. There's no such a thing as good flesh, bad flesh. Flesh is anything that has to do with your own self, in your own power, by your own enabling, trying to do things. And the Old Testament, by the way, uh, we have many examples of that. You know, when Noah, you know, and, and uh, you know, the, anyway, I, I'm not going to all too many examples to, to uh, you know, but 
I was just going to tell you that there's no such thing as, as, as good flesh. And I just, uh, this, this is one step that we need to first take, is that do we realize, do we recognize that my flesh is also fallen and corrupt? Do I see that there's nothing good in me? I mean, this is the very, very first step okay, that we need to, to take. If we don't see that, that our flesh is corrupt, that there's no good in me, then we're not going to make any of the progress. Because at the end of the day, you start saying, well, my good flesh wouldn't be able to do that, therefore it's okay. Well, if you start saying, my flesh is no good, then, you, then you'll be able to start from that very first step. And then the other step that we need to realize in all being delivered from, from flesh is that Christ has done the complete work on the cross for you, even to put your sinful nature and your flesh to death. So if you read the verses in Romans 8, verse 3 or 4, I'll read for you. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what is this verse saying? This verse is saying that God sent His only Son, His own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, as an offering for sin, condemned. He condemned sin in the flesh. We, we, we know that our Lord Jesus died for us, for our sin. He died on the cross to save us, to give us eternal life. In the light of everything that we're talking about this weekend, about the flesh being, you know, walking according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. We see here that this is something that's so important. Our dying to our flesh, that the, our Lord Jesus went to the cross to die for our flesh, not just to die to give us eternal life. Okay? So this is something which is so important. It, it's so fundamental in our going on with the Lord that I, I just like to have you realize, take a step back. Do you see that not only you, your flesh, is sinful. There's no good flesh in you. Nothing good in you. And number two, do you realize that Christ has died for your flesh, your sinful flesh on the cross? He has no sinful flesh. We do. Because of our sinful flesh, there was that sinful nature that's, that, that just we, we are just so bound in it. There was no way of escape. Somebody had to pay the price so that we can be free. And who did that? Our Lord Jesus. So he paid that price to die for our flesh on the cross so that the law will be fulfilled. And now we do not have to walk according to the flesh. Now this is not inevitable. We are able to walk according to the Spirit. Why? Because he paid the price. He set us free. And we have his life in us. So, now realize that Christ has done the complete work for you and for me. The third step for our deliverance from flesh is that realize that by faith, I have been crucified with, uh, on a cross. Not only Christ did that work for me, I am going to take that, embrace that, and see it's, it's me. And that's a verse that has been read a number of times, Galatians 2.20. I 
has been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, this is Paul saying, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And in the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the most liberating verse that you can ever have in our walk according to spirit and not according to flesh. To say that I have been crucified. Okay, you see a lot of parallels here. See, just as it's been mentioned before John 3.16, there's a parallel here in our personal salvation experience. In our personal salvation experience, everyone who, who knows the Lord is that first you recognize that you are a sinner. We're sinful. We need to die for our sin. And then we have our Savior, our Lord Jesus. He came, became a man. He died on the cross for you. And third, is the most important, have you accepted Lord Jesus in your heart by faith to be your Savior? And if you do, you become saved. And your life is changed. So now, what is the parallel? This is the exact same three steps in our being delivered from our flesh. Do you see that? Okay. So if you see that, then these three steps are very easy. But it doesn't mean that it's automatic. We already said that walking by the Spirit and not going to flesh is not an autopilot that happens immediately. We are born again. We have a new spirit. We have experienced the Lord. Our life is changed to some degree. We know Him. But, unfortunately, our flesh is so strong, the power of flesh is still upon us that we are still self-centered, living for ourselves, doing things for us, and even the power. We may even want to try to please and leave uh, uh, live this, this Christian life. But for our deliverance then, we have to go through the same steps to realize that our, our flesh is fallen, that we need to be delivered. And Christ has done that. He went to the cross, paid the price, died for our flesh. And third, the most wonderful thing is that now I see I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So that by faith, I can live. So you see that? It's, it's not such a complicated thing. It is something which is very much something that God wants to be part of our lives. And if there's anyone here who has not been saved yet, okay, I, you know, at least take the first step. Accept our Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. But as far as this matter of being delivered from flesh, I hope and pray that each one of you will be before the Lord and really seek the Lord about, have I really faced this issue that my flesh has been put to death? I am a person who needs to be delivered from flesh, and Christ has done a complete work, and by faith, I want to say that I have been crucified with Christ. Okay, so, this is what, you know, deliverance from flesh is important, because if we don't have that part resolved and settled, then the other part, which is walking by the Spirit, will not be easy. So we already said, the two are opposite to each other. So we have two things to deal with. One, to be delivered from our flesh, so that in order that to be able to walk by the Spirit. I hope that you know, this makes things clear. 
So we talk about the flesh, then what is it now? How do we walk by the Spirit? Again, I like to make this uh, afternoon session a practical time so that uh, you know, we can experience, we can really uh, know how to apply. So I'd like to also suggest three steps in our uh, walk in the Spirit. Again, it's not textbook. It's according to you know, what I, in my personal life and also in, in, in reading uh, and, and so forth, that according to the Scriptures, I like to suggest three steps in our walking uh, by the Spirit. And the verse that I like to read is Romans 8, 2, and 6. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For the mind of the flesh is death, for the mind of the Spirit, life and peace. I'll read this more carefully. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and flesh. So there is something that set us free. What is it? In our personal life, it's the life in Christ Jesus that set you free. It's that phrase. I like to read that whole phrase again. It's the life in Christ Jesus that set you free. Now what does that mean? Life in Christ Jesus. Well, we may have the eternal life. We may have our Lord Jesus in our hearts. But it's only when my life is in Christ, when I am living that life, when I am in Christ himself, when he is the one that is the energy, is the motive, is, is my life, when Christ is my life, Let's put it the other way. When Christ is my life, then I am set free from the law of sin and death. I don't know whether that's clear to you. Okay? So when Christ is my life, I am set free. Then, you know, the mind of flesh is death. And then the mind of the spirit is life and peace. So this is telling you that if, this is the very secret, if we have the life, our fellowship with Christ himself, then what are we going to experience if you really do? We're going to experience life and peace. If we do not have this life in Christ, if our relationship, our fellowship is not real, it's only knowledge, it's only uh, something that we may accept even mentally, then it is death. Okay? So, there are many situations that you're going to be finding yourself. And at the end, it's going to be a, li a life and peace issue. If, if it's life and peace, that's a proof that it is of the Lord. But when you don't have life and peace, that it means that you don't have uh, the life of the Lord. So, actually, it's, it's you know, something which you, I do not know whether you have experienced that, but the more you walk with the Lord, the more sensitive you are to life and peace being, the, being those uh, red lights or green lights, if you want to call it, the green light being life and peace, that death being the red, the red light, you will be able to really know it is of the Lord, it's himself that's guiding you, and most of all, it is your relationship with him. I'd like to also point out another verse that has been shared before. Again, it's a practical pointer. Uh, 1 John 2.27, it talks about 
the anointing which you have received from him abiding in you and you have no need for anyone to teach you for as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and not a lie just as it has taught you you abide in him so we have this anointing we have the Holy Spirit in us to teach us in all things we do, so this life is not one of do's and don'ts it's a life within us you know, as you sense, there's something that's come to my heart, something that comes to, to me and is telling me something. Then I turn to him and I, uh, I, I yield myself, I follow him. Do I now just like take a little step back? It, it, you know, just as we talk about different things, it feels like a bit like the biology class, learning nomenclature, knowing how this works and what different parts of the body. I don't want to confuse you, but there's another part that would be useful for us to know and it is our heart where does our heart you know uh, figure in you know in in this in this picture where is our heart how does our heart operate we have the body soul and spirit we talk about the mind and then we also talk about heart now how is our heart and mind related to body soul and spirit I mean I like to just uh, set things a little bit in the right perspective okay first of all uh, we already mentioned that mind is actually part of our soul. However, our heart is really who we are. Our whole being, who we are, is our heart. Okay, so that's true. Now we, we know that whether people are saved or not saved, our heart is represent who we are. Okay, so but according to the scriptures, and I won't go over all of the scriptures. Uh, our heart, for those who have been saved, born again, is where both the spiritual things and the things of our soul come together and it's being processed there it's processed in our hearts and then so our minds are beginning to see what our spirit is telling us so before I was mentioning about you know, the intuition of the spirit so if our intuition is telling us something we may not know right away what is the meaning or how is that going to be translated into action okay so how is that done It's done in our hearts we begin to ponder and wonder and see, well, is this of the Lord? Is the Spirit telling me something? So when we have that intuition then from our spirit, then we just want to seek the Lord. Lord, okay, maybe you can show me the verse. Maybe you can give me a word. Maybe through fellowship, our minds start to, to realize and know, you know what our spirit is telling us. And our mind is interpreting what the spirit is saying so when our minds interpreting what the spirit is saying then the next step in our hearts will be well what am I going to do with it okay so so our heart then is processing things of the Lord through the spirit that's coming to our soul our mind and then our hearts now who we are is beginning to then say well so now if I do this you know it will be for the Lord but if I do it the other one, actually, I'm really doing this for myself. It's my flesh. Okay? So, you know, I, I hope that this is something practical that you, you can see that in our hearts is where things are being processed. So, therefore, you know, in many passages in the Bible, it says, guard your heart above all things. Okay? Keeping our hearts pure for the Lord. Being transformed in our hearts because it's where the Spirit comes with our soul and we as a being as a person are being transformed 
So anyway, I want to go back again to about uh, the three matters that uh, uh, how we walk by the Spirit. The first, again, I was just mentioning, is the life in Christ Jesus. This is the key, uh, the most important element of everything. Life in Christ. Life in Christ. If our life is not in Christ, we will not be able to start, start the very first step of walking the Spirit. But if our life is in Christ, we have a life in Christ, then we will be able to. And as because the Holy Spirit, in communion with our spirit, is communicating and is telling us. And what is the language of the Spirit? The language of Spirit is life and peace. So the anointing that's in us, when He's speaking things to us, we will have life and peace. So that's the proof that it is of the Lord, as opposed to flesh, as opposed to that will give us not a sense of peace, we will sense heavy, we will sense compelled, we will feel pressured, we will just not have peace. So at the end, you have the Word of God to stand by, and also you have to have the element of faith. And that was also which was mentioned before. I'll just uh, 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 lay that aside. So the first, uh, part of, first step of our walk in the Spirit, as I said, is the life in Christ Jesus. Second, I already mentioned that. When Let me read this verse. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of flesh. But those who are according to spirit, the things of spirit. Again, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of flesh. For those who are according to the spirits, set their minds on the things of the spirit. So my question to you is, how do you set your mind on the spirit? We don't want to walk. Okay, so we know the difference between flesh and the spirit. So how do we set your mind on the spirit? Well, you turn your heart to the Lord. Okay, so um, we turn to the Lord and seek Him. Let Christ and His Holy Spirit fill you. There are times when, in your intuition, the Holy Spirit is telling you without, you know, you're seeking Him. But there are many situations where we are finding ourselves, we really do not know which way to go, what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Is this good? Is this bad? No. So at the end of the day, it's not good or bad, right or wrong. The question is, is this in the Lord? Is this for the Lord? Is this in the Spirit? Is this in flesh? Is this for me? Okay, do you see the difference? So the, 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 the crux of the matter here is not whether it's A or B. Okay, the crux of the matter is it's me or the Lord. That's the whole principle between flesh versus spirit. Okay, so that's why Christ died for our sin, for our flesh. So we deliver from our corrupt, fallen flesh, which is self-centered. Everything for myself, for me, as opposed to be for the Lord. And we go into another example later. So the second point here is that the Holy Spirit is telling us things, but there are many times that we need to turn to the Lord. We need to turn to Him. So turning our hearts to the Lord which is of setting our minds. Setting our hearts, setting our minds, turning to the Lord, seeking Him to give us wisdom, to tell us, show us, give us His Word, 
Give us a fellowship with brothers and sisters in our prayer. You know, just give a sense of peace. Turn to the Lord. And this is a very practical situation. Turn to the Lord. Turn to Christ. As you turn to Him, you are letting the Holy Spirit lead you and letting the Lord fill you and letting Him tell you what to do. What is the third step in our walk according to Spirit? Uh, we'll go again to uh, read that passage on Romans chapter 8. It says here that... Uh, um, Part of that says, For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind is set on the flesh, is hostile towards God, for it is not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay? So this is the verse. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Why? Because you're pleasing yourself. Those who are in the flesh are pleasing themselves. So that's the other uh, flag that tells you your flesh versus the spirit. If it's your flesh, you're pleasing yourself. And whereas if it is of God, if it's spirit, you're pleasing God. And I'd like to just read one verse from uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 11 um, that makes things uh, also a good illustration example for someone who walks according to spirit. And that is... Uh, the Enoch of Old Testament, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated or raptured that he should not see death and was not found because uh, God translated him. For before his translation, he has a testimony that he had pleased God. And then in verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So Enoch led a, a very uneventful life in the Old Testament doesn't say anything about what he did. No miracles, no stories. It's just a little Bible verse there saying that he walked with God and he was not. That was it. But walking with God meant everything. Why? Because when he was walking with God to such a point that he was one of the very few who got raptured and took with him and he did not die. So what does that mean to us? You don't have to be a Moses. You don't have to be uh, even a David who were not raptured. But if you, in your daily life, if I, in my daily walk, in uneventful things, place God first and walk according to what pleases to God, He is going to see it and He will even uh, you know, be, be so pleased with us that He can translate Him and then we are actually looking for the for rapture. We do not know when uh, our Lord will return. But certainly, if you walk according to the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, um, this is certainly one fulfillment for His requirement. So, so what is the parallel here? That a, a walking according to the Spirit is to please God. It does, see, it's very interesting. The New Testament does not say that He, he uh, walked with God. In the New Testament, it equates walking with God with pleasing God. So Enoch pleased God. So I think this is one way to say what is walking according to spirit. I think this in some ways is easier for, at least for me, to apply. Am I doing this for myself or am I doing this to please the Lord? 
Am I pleasing the Lord in my actions? If I'm pleasing to the Lord in my actions, this is walking in the Spirit. This is walking uh, with for God. Okay? So I, I hope that you see that. Then what, what is the application here? The application here is that there is a transaction going on. And where is the transaction? The transaction is in our hearts. The transaction is that when we set our minds and turn our minds, we turn our hearts to the Lord, at that moment, we are able to also receive and hear Him tell us what He wants. And in many times, okay, those things again, is not do this or do that, don't do this or don't do that. It is whether by faith, by faith, you want to please Him. So sometimes, Many things we do not know exactly what we're doing. And I can give you many testimonies. Probably you have experienced that. But it's by faith you did it for the Lord. Whether it's A or B, it doesn't matter. But if you did it, the Lord is going to be responsible for you. He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to see to it that everything is going to work out. You do not need to be afraid when you're walking by faith to please God. I can assure you, okay, I can, uh, my words are not sufficient, but anyone who has tried this will always come back and say, our Lord is faithful. You know, you will never be shortchanged when you do anything for him because you love him. Okay, so again, what is the third step? It's a transaction in our hearts, in our minds. We turn to him. And then in our hearts, we make a decision. I want to do this for the Lord. I want the Lord to be pleased. I want the Lord to be glorified. I want the Lord to gain something out of this in what I'm doing. And if doing so, okay, then that transaction happens. And then we're able to walk. We're able to obey. We're able to carry through. So again, I hope this is something which, you know, you find it, you know, helpful. I was mentioning about some examples. Uh, what better example than the life of the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the Son of God who came to this earth, and he, throughout his life, he did nothing but the will of the Father to please the Father. And he lived a perfect life as a Son of God. However, even more important for us is that he lived that life as a Son of Man so that he who walk on this earth and do nothing out of his own flesh, out of his own interest for himself. But he did not come without cause. We know that he was crucified on the cross and he died for myself, for my flesh. But when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane, moments before crucifixion, that was the most difficult part of his life as the Son of Man. He agonized. He prayed three times to the Father if this cup could be removed, if this cross could be avoided. So you see that in our human life, following God's will, laying aside of our own will, is not going to be easy. And even our Lord Jesus agonized when he prayed the sweat was like drops of blood. It was so painful to him. But finally, thank the Lord, 
he was willing to submit himself even as the Son of Man, his own will, and was willing to die physically on a cross. Why? Not only for salvation, for your flesh. To die from the sinful flesh that's part of us. So not only then is our Lord Jesus then, you know, able to sympathize with us, he gave us the power, the enabling to live such lives delivered from our flesh. I uh, do not know, you know, you, you are at this wide range of ages here, but I like to suggest that no one is too young to walk in the Spirit. And when I was uh, in high school age, I was very blessed at that time. Uh, Stephen Kong was, was in New York, and I uh, uh, listened to his ministries, and I uh, somehow, somewhere, I don't know exactly, you know, he uh, would talk about things related to flesh, you know, and also separation of, of uh, spirit and soul. And somehow, I, and I started to read also Brother Nee's books, and I was really going through such a conviction of how uh, my flesh was so corrupt and how dark, how utterly, you know, there was this is nothing good in me. At the same time, uh, the Lord was gracious uh, to let me see that all the answer, everything, all the requirement has more than been met by uh, our Lord Jesus himself. So, but that was something which I begin to see, but little did I know in a series of events started to happen in my senior year of high school and the first year in college where not only uh, going to which college, my personal ambitions, uh, friendships, and also even fellowship with the Lord's people, all of those things start to, to really become uh, a problem, B major issues to me. And I have to say that uh, the Lord had this perfect timing if I had not been um, dealt with in this matter of, of my self, my flesh, and what was for me, and instead of uh, laying myself to the Lord and following Him, letting Him deal with me and purify me, I, I do not know where I would be today. So my point here is that many things that happen to you, crises that may happen to you, decisions that may happen to you, actually those are not as important. The Lord is using those as circumstances so that He can really purify you and really let you know Him and, and really let your flesh be put to death so that your life, your spirit can rise above. I, I, I do not know how to, to uh, make that click in you, but I like to say this, that many of the young people who are very depressed and frustrated, very unhappy, and many of them are Christians, is because somewhere there's a disconnect between their spiritual life, their experience of the Lord, and their flesh. There's a big, huge disconnect. And sad to say, when this is not diagnosed properly in a spiritual way, they even go to take drugs, going to psychiatrists, going to all kinds of things, trying to somehow deal with psychological phenomena or other things which at the end actually there's only one and, then, and the answer is actually pretty simple and that's we are actually at a crossroads 
you know, the Lord dealing with our flesh, who we are. And the simple thing here is that if you know that this is a crossroad, this is something that the Lord is going to do throughout your life, maybe sometimes starting very early age, and the moment you give yourself to the Lord and let the Lord to really change you, transform you, you will have that life of peace, that life of joy, the life of all the goodness, everything that was mentioned in Galatians 5 that we read about. You know? So whenever you see a neurotic Christian, you know, it's, it's not you know, something mental. It's something having to do with our flesh, our spirit, and not laying ourselves completely to death or not dying completely. Once you're completely dead in your flesh, you will have the most perfect peace, I can assure you. You will be able to really have the joy. You'll really be able to know that following the Lord is the most wonderful thing. And then you have no second thoughts. Of course, our life is a continuous going back to the same you know, crossroads of our flesh versus spirit. And then we're going to make a decision. But if we make a, a one decision that we settle this, I want to give myself to the Lord. I do not have anything good in myself, my flesh. My personal ambitions, I want to lay all those aside. If our flesh has been dealt with, even all the outside expectations, the world, all those things will be automatically resolved. So I think that the most important thing here, again, is life in Christ Jesus. Have you experienced that life in Christ Jesus? Uh, this morning, it was said about the turning water to wine. You know, that is not a miracle for that particular situation many 2,000 years ago that Jesus wanted to just show that he is able to do that. It is something that can be applied and experienced in everyday situation. Everyday situation. How is it turning water to wine in my life, in your life? Well, it, that's the difference between flesh and the spirit. That's the difference between looking to the Lord to be our resource, to be our, our, our sufficiency, to be our satisfaction, versus looking to our flesh to be those things to us. So, so th the whole point here then is actually very simple. It is your life in Christ Jesus that matters. If you love the Lord, you will want to please Him. And you want to choose his peace and joy in your heart over all the other things. And I can tell you that you, you, you read this all in the street all the time. Famous people, rich people, no matter what, having so much problem. You know, even Tiger Woods, no matter how much money he's got, beautiful wife, family, doesn't matter. He's not happy, okay? He's got major problems, okay? So, I just hope that you see you see, uh, that's a bad example. I had to wake you up. But <laughs> anyway, so I, I hope, I hope that you, you really, really see that it is something which you have two parts. Deli being delivered from our flesh and also walking according to spirit. These two go hand in hand. If you're not delivered from flesh, you will not be able to walk in the spirit. Okay? And, being, and to be delivered from flesh, I mentioned the three steps. It's just like our salvation, realizing how corrupt we are, our flesh, nothing good. Also seeing that Christ did that complete work on the cross. And third, 
that I died there. My flesh is not just eternal life. My flesh has died on the cross. I am delivered. I now can live by the Spirit. He has done it. And then to walk by the Spirit, then it's a life in Christ Jesus. And also it is that, you know, turning to the Lord in all situations, we turn to the Lord. You know, we set our mind, it means turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord in the situations. And third, have that transaction in my heart. If my heart is not there to please the Lord in those things, don't do it. I just want to please the Lord in my action. So if we settle on those three, you, know, you may forget about everything else. The Lord um, is pleased. And hope that the Lord will find us ready, walking with Him uh, when He returns. So I'd like to close then uh, with uh, a, a chorus that uh, they're going to sing here. And after that, if you would uh, want to pray and respond to the Lord as the Spirit guides you.